Hello and welcome to Account Instruction Help and How To. In this lecture, we're going to talk about the auditing of the payroll process. So at this point in time, we are going down and taking a look at certain types of accounts and certain processes related to those accounts. And of course, if we're looking at the payroll process, we're being looking at the payroll expense, the related accruals related to payrolls, payroll accruals, and payroll taxes are going to be the types of things that we will be drilling down on in this process. In doing that, we will, of course, be concentrating on the human resources department a lot because they're going to be dealing with the payroll process. We will be able to, at the end of this, describe what the payroll process is, look at the flow of the payroll process, discuss types of transactions within the payroll process, list types of documents involved in the payroll process, explain the functions of human resources within that process, describe controls related to payroll, and explain substantive tests related to payroll. So if we look, think about the overview of the payroll process as it relates to the human resources functions within payroll, we're dealing with employees, we're dealing with paying employees. So human resources, is, there's going to be a lot of policies and procedures and controls related to the hiring process, bringing the, intro, the, control, the employee in. There's going to be processes and procedures relate, related to training those employees, related to evaluating those yearly evaluations or some kind of evaluation method should be involved. Uh, things related to counseling types of employees, policies related to how are we going to promote employees, what's the promoting process, uh, compensation of, of employees is going to be have policies and procedures within human resources, any kind of remediation policies that are going to have to be in place will need to be in there as well. These are types of controls. These are controls over processes. They're all going to be very important for the success of the business because obviously we want to hire good people or the company wants to hire good people. We are the independent auditor. <laughs> the company wants to hire good people and bring in uh, people and hire and, and train them and pull them up within the organization to be quality individuals, we are going to be more concerned with, of course, the proper reporting of the payroll. So our goal at this time as the auditor of the financial statements is to make sure the financial statements are recorded materially correctly. So we are majorly concerned not so much with a lot of these controls related to uh, the human resources department, related to the hiring process and the training although they may be part of our controls within within the process to see how they're working we're mainly concerned with once they are hired and they have been paid is that payment process happening correctly and is it being recorded correctly are the financial statements being reported in a materially correct way in order to do this we are going to get our flow chart again we'll try to get our process process happening through the flow chart oftentimes the company will have some kind of flow chart a pictorial format of how the payroll process will happen from is there a timesheet type of information does the employee report their time do they have a time clock that they're going to be reported and once that time is input how is it going to be processed through the system how is the data going to be put into the system and then how is it going to be reviewed are there, what are the separations of duties that are going to be involved there should be some kind of separation from obviously the inputting of the information and the actual processing and handling of the checks which we'll talk about and then how does the check process actually happen how does the payment happen how does the general re general ledger get recorded how how does the uh, payroll records get reported any kind of tax document how does that whole process work if we get that that flow chart we're going to put that flow chart into our documents when that's going to be our record to give us an idea of what the internal controls are give us an idea of which departments are involved and which things who's where are the checks and balances in terms of separation of duties? Remember, separation of duties or segregation of duties, one of our major checks that we're going to have to safeguard problems with the reporting of the financial statements 
and uh, with any loss, with uh, problems of people trying to write checks to themselves and this type of thing that uh, is a danger within the payroll department, then we can use that process to further check the internal controls and then determine how much substantive testing we want to do after that. Now, if we think about the, the actual transactions that are going to be involved in the payroll process, we've had the payment of the employees transaction. And that one, it seems pretty basic, but there's actually a lot involved in that transaction. Remember, if you think back to accounting, the uh, journal entry for payroll is one of the biggest journal entries we have. It's not like we're just going to give someone cash and we're going to debit payroll expense and credit cash because what else is involved? We got the payroll taxes at least. So that journal entry, when we record the payment process, uh, would be a debit to payroll expense, but then it would be a credit to things like the Medicare that we have to withhold, that the employer is going to pay, uh, the Social Security that they're going to have to be withhold, the federal income tax. We've got any state income tax we got to withhold. We've got things like uh, the 401k plan that's going to be involved in that journal entry if they have any 401k plan. Any union benefits are going to be involved. Some health insurance uh, issues could be involved in there as well. And if there's anything like garnishments or something like that, then those are going to be types of things that are in that payroll entry. So that's one of our more complex kind of actual transactions. And you'll note that it touches on all those different types of accounts when we think about that transaction. We're thinking about uh, the cash that actually goes out or it goes to a payable. We're thinking about the liabilities related to the fact that we took money from the employee or they earned money that we didn't give them and we have, we're, we're holding on to it. That means we have a liability to pay who we held on to it for, which is usually the government in terms of Social Security and Medicare and the federal income tax and the state income tax. It's now the company's responsibility to pay that to the government. So anything that hasn't been paid, that liability account, we want to make sure that that's going to be recorded correctly as well. And then there's going to be the side of the transaction for the pay for the employer taxes. So we got the employer taxes, which that's going to be including the company side of uh, Medicare, Social Security, and other types of taxes like FUDA, uh, federal unemployment tax, state unemployment tax, and the ETT tax could be involved in there as well. So that's going to be the, the, the employer's taxes that need to be recorded and paid correctly as well. And so that's going to be the types of transactions, some of the accounts that are going to be involved when we go through this process. Documentation that we're going to take a look at. Documentation involved in the payroll process. Obviously, we've got the personal records, including you know wage rates and that kind of thing. We've got the W-4 form. That's going to be the reporting of how many um, exemptions we have from the employees. We've got the time cards or time sheets, possibly, depending on how the time and uh, payroll is processed. A payroll check or a direct deposit records. We're going to have some type of record because, remember, even if we have the direct deposit, you still got to give them that, um, that sheet that tells them that how much was withheld and all that kind of thing with the direct deposit that needs to be reported in some way it might be reported electronically but we we need to have some reporting of that of course then we've got the payroll register it's going to be the kind of the overall registered we could have the payroll master files for employees and then we have uh, periodic payroll reportings that we're going to that we're going to process of course we're going to pay payroll taxes at least uh, quarterly and that kind of thing and then we have the various tax reporting forms that we're going to have the 940s the 941s uh, the 940 quarterly and then the 941 at the end of the year. And then we get to tie all those things together and make sure they all tie out at the end of the year, which is always very entertaining. All right, so then we have the major functions that are going to be involved 
within the payroll process. So we have the human resources function. They're going to be the ones that are going to be authorizing the hiring, the firing, the wage rate, salary agreements, those types of transactions within human resources. We've got supervision as, as a function. That's going to be the review and approval of employee, of employee, employee attendance and, uh, and time information, monitoring, employee scheduling, productivity, all that kind of stuff. We need some type of check on that in terms of the supervision. We've got timekeeping, time processing of employee attendance and time information. Payroll processing is going to be a function we need to think about. Payroll processing is the com computation of gross pay, deductions, and net pay, the actual calculations. And then we've got the disbursement, which is, will be important. That's going to be the function of disbursement, payment of the employee. So the actual payment will be termed disbursement. And then we have the general ledger. And that's going to be the, the accumulation, classification, the summarization of the payroll. Obviously, the general ledger, the GL, is where we're ultimately going to report a lot of the information to have the backup within the GL. The separation or segregation of duties within the payroll process could look something like this. We might have the initiation of a wage or salary changes or the initiation of a hiring process. That could be done by the department that basically wants the wage change or the hiring department where that would initiate. But then the approval process for that, the approval of, of wage changes, the approval, the updating of any, any payroll records and the updating of payroll records and personal records would be by the human resources department. So that would be the separation there in the human resources. And then we have any approval of timesheets and job classifications. That's usually going to be by the supervisor. Again, the supervisor is going to be doing the approval process and making sure that the timesheets are looking accurate. Review of data and payroll distributions. That might be by a different department, if possible, a time tracking type of department. Preparation of the, of the payroll. That's going to be the actual payroll department to pre prepare the payroll. The distribution of the check should be by someone else. Possibly the treasurer could do the distribution of the check. So we have that separation of the duties there. Any comparison of monthly department payroll expense to the budget. That's usually going to be done by some of the supervision uh, of the department management within the department. And calculation of uh, and recording of payroll taxes. That's going to be the payroll department as well. We need to consider the inherent risk related to the payroll department. And remember, that's the type of risk that is the company is in charge of that, but it's something that the company has less control over because it often has to do with the type of industry they're in. Just the risks inherent to the payroll process within the, within the company. So payroll in itself is a higher risky type of area because it does deal with cash and you have inherent risk within the payroll process itself. Depending on what type of industry they're in, we could have different types of risk factors as well. So we want to consider what the supply is of skilled workers within that, within that sector. We want to consider if there's a lot of workers available or, or few work, workers available. Are there any union contracts or any kind of regulatory issues in relation to that particular industry with relation to the payroll? Any state type regulations that could be changing in terms of overtime or those types of things. The inherent risk associated with non-officers is often uh, less, is often going to be lower than the inherent risk with officers because officers obviously have the more influence within the, the company. We then need to consider the control risk. And notice we've done this with, the, with each process, each type of process we've had. We want to consider the inherent risk. We want to consider the control risk. And then we can plug that into our equation and try to figure out how much testing we need to do in terms of further testing of controls and further testing of substantive testing after that point. So controls, we want to understand and document the human resource 
process based on reliance strategy. We want to plan and perform tests of controls and payroll transactions. And then we want to obviously document that information, set the control risk, and then we can use that control risk related to the control risk and the inherent risk, and then figure out uh, how much further testing we need to do in terms of controls and in terms of substantive testing. When we think about controls related to occurrence, the assertion of occurrence, what we're majorly concerned with is that the no payments are going out to employees that are fictitious payments and that we want to make sure that if an employee was terminated that they're not still being paid within the payroll process. Controls related to the assertion of authorization in relation to payroll is going to be the entity must have controls related to the hiring, the termination process, the setting of the pay rates process, uh, any with the withholding process, awarding benefits, these are all issues that we need to have some authorizations and have controls related to the internal controls in relation to. We also need the controls related to the accuracy. So we're concerned that the gross pay was recorded correctly, the net pay is recorded correctly, that we have the, the correct withholdings that are going to be reported, and we can tie out a lot of documentations in terms of tax returns as well as different ledgers in order to help with these types of controls. We need to make sure that the classification is going to be correct within the payroll. So Clearly, we're gonna, we have the classification of payroll expense versus payroll taxes. Those are going to be types of classifications and be, between, but there's also could be classifications in terms of the grouping of the payroll. Was it, was the payroll grouped in the right place? Is, is it payroll expense related to the general administrative? Or is it payroll expense related to selling? Or is it payroll expense that's part of the production process? that should be in the uh, production of the inventory process. Once the auditor has made an assessment about the internal controls, they can then determine how much and what kind of substantive testing that they, they need to put forward in order to gather the other evidence in order to support their opinion. Once we move on to the substantive testing, we can do more analytical procedures. So remember those analytical procedures, those things we can do from the office. We can compare last year's to this year's. We can do some ratio analysis. We can do a lot with the analytical procedures. Remember that we touch on these in part of the planning process as well, but they are going to be part of the substantive testing as well. So we can do things like compare the current year with the prior year payroll expense accounts. That's going to be a basic thing we're going to do all the time. Of course, we're going to take Hey, how much was the payroll expense this year? How much was it last year? Is there a big dollar amount different? And we can also take the, the percentage increase and the percentage decrease, and that could help us to uh, determine whether it meets the threshold for that particular company based on past performance, as well as that's more compar comparable to industry averages where the dollar amount is not as comparable in that way. So remember that the ratio analysis, really, really important to use those ratios because we can compare those in many different ways when the dollar amount comparison just taken year over year, year last year minus this year does, is not as comparable in many different areas. So we can compare current year and prior year payroll, payroll costs as a percentage of sales. So remember that the sales may be a lot bigger or a lot less from year over year and that would basically mean that, if, that the payroll related to it, if we're talking about direct wages, would be higher or less as well. But if the ratio should be somewhat similar, so we take that ratio that could be somewhat similar as well. And again, we can compare that to past performance as well as the industry averages. We compare labor utilization rates and statistics with the industry. We can compare budgeted payroll expenses with the actual payroll expenses. So obviously they had a budget. We're going to say, where's the budget? And then we're going to compare what actually happened to the budget. And if that's uh, off by a lot, then we're going to have <laughs> some discussions on why the budget was, was so off. And then we can estimate sales commission with formulas if, there, if we have these, if we have sales commissions. And we also can compare current and prior 
balances within other accounts, within the balance sheet accounts related to liabilities and accruals for payroll. And we can test reasonableness of, of those types of balances as well with the uh, analytical procedures. We can then look at the assertions related to actual transactions. So we're looking at the transactions within the payroll process and looking through those familiar types of assertions related to them, starting with occurrence. So occurrence are the things that are reported actually correct. So you can think of that looking at the end product, something like looking at the financial statements in terms of payroll expense and trying to see if that the amounts that are in there actually occurred. In order to do that, we can think about going to the GL and actually finding the actual payroll checks that are making up that balance and tie that back to the source documents, including an employee list to make sure that the checks being written are actually being written to a valid employees. Now, from the company standpoint, they're going to be very concerned with occurrence because this could be the type of transaction where a payroll transaction happened and it was not correct, meaning a payroll transaction went out to someone possibly that wasn't an employee. Uh, from an auditing standpoint, if we're thinking about a higher level management doing something funny to make the financial statements materially incorrect within the payroll process, it may be less likely for us to, to think that, that that's going to happen in the occurrence assertion. Because remember, that would mean that it, we're looking for things that were recorded in payroll expenses that weren't there, meaning payroll expenses would then be higher. So if we're thinking about management fraud of, of distorting the account, it's less likely that they're going to make the occurrence higher. It's less likely they're going to pay, make the payroll expense higher rather than lower. On the other hand, if we're thinking about completeness from that type of thing, uh, that's going to be the idea that the payroll expense doesn't include everything, meaning the payroll expense is lower, which would make, make the company look better. How can we test for the completeness of the, of the financial state? If we're testing here, we can't start from the end. We can't start from the payroll expense and work our way backwards because that would just include whatever's already in there. What we have to do is start from more of the source documents. We got to trace the actual timesheets, start from the source within the timesheet and trace that being recorded to the payroll register and finally to, to the financial statements and see that everything, that sample of transactions has been recorded properly all the way through the process to make sure that the end result is complete. We can also test the assertion of authorization by doing a similar process. We can test a sample of payroll checks for proper authorization. If we want to test the assertion of accuracy within the payroll process, we can recompute a sample of the payroll checks for the gross pay and the deductions and the net pay. So we can actually pull some of those payroll transactions and manually recompute them. And that would give us some uh, indication that the accuracy is correct. Cutoff testing. So that's going to be that idea of the end of the time period. Remember that we want everything as of the end of the time period to be recorded correctly. And we can trace a sample of timesheets before and after the period end to test the sample of the cutoff date. Now that could be a little bit tricky depending on the company that we're going to be in. Because remember, payroll is going to be recorded on a cash basis for the most part. So if we paid someone like, say for a simplified example, every week, then and we say we pay them every Friday and that's when the week actually closed and the day that we paid them, then it's not very likely that the end of the week actually lands on Friday. I mean, the end of the payroll period or the end of our financial statement date might be 1231. It's unlikely that December 31st is going to land on the Friday. So then we're going to have a partial week payment. So we got to see if that's being accounted for. Is it being accounted? If, if it landed on, say, Wednesday, we have three days where employees, all the employees earned wages by doing work and they're not going to get paid until Friday, which is next year. That's going to be a cutoff problem. We got to see if that's going to be accounted for and, and uh, how that's being accounted for in terms of the accrual process. 
And then classification, we want to examine a sample of payroll checks for proper classification. Remember, that means what account are they going to be in? Did they, did they put them into the right payroll account? Is it in the selling? Is it in the administrative accounts? Is it somewhere in uh, the manufacturing process? Assertions related to presentation and disclosure. So we're going to go through these assertions related to the presentation and disclosure of the accounts within the payroll process and the disclosures within the payroll process. So we've got, once again, the occurrence. We have rights and obligations. We want to inquire about uh, accruals to ensure that they are properly uh, disclosed. We want to make sure that those accruals, remember those are going to be the liabilities that are, are going to be accrued, accrued and the payroll accrual for that cutoff period and make sure that that's uh, done correctly or what's the process for doing that. Completeness, the assertion of completeness. We want a, to complete the reporting checklist to ensure that all financial statement disclosures related to payroll expense have been made. If we look at the assertion with classification and understandability, we want to review uh, accrued payroll liability for proper short-term versus the long-term classification. So if there's going to be payroll liabilities on the books, it is possible for us to have the short-term payroll and the long-term. Most of the time, the payroll liability, of course, is going to be short-term because it's, there are going to be things like payroll taxes and accrued payroll. But if there's anything that's going to be over that year period, we need to make sure that we're breaking out the long-term payroll uh, liability-related items <laughs> and the short-term related reliability items, which would mean that we have a liability longer than a year out in the future. Accuracy and valuation. We want to review benefits contracts to make sure that they're going to be accurate. We want to look at any footnotes to the financial statements in relation to the payroll and make sure that they are accurate as well. When we look through the actual expense accounts and we test the actual expense accounts to make sure that they are reported accurately, we need to look at the payroll expense as a whole, of course, to make sure that the, that the entire payroll is, is being recorded in some place and tie those out to the things like the, the W-2s and the W-3s and the, the 940s and the 941s. We also need to make sure that they're properly classified, so that means that they're going to be processing the selling expenses related to payroll, payroll selling expenses, payroll uh, administrative expenses, any kind of manufacturing payroll. We want to make sure they're in the right process. Now, if the company has good internal controls and they have a system in place that does that fairly well, we can basically test the internal controls and be fairly confident that those are done correctly and not have to do too much substantive testing further for that classification. In order to test for accuracy and completeness of the accruals for the payroll liabilities and the accuracy for the payroll expenses, the auditor is often going to match up certain documentation that's going to be matching up how much was reported in terms of payroll expenses with regard to the general ledger, tie that out to how much was reported on say the W3s uh, and the W2s as well as the payroll tax forms, which will be reported at least quarterly. Those are going to be the 941s, reporting Social Security, Medicare, and federal income tax, as well as the 940, which is going to be reporting the federal unemployment tax. And we want to make sure those, those things should tie out. We should be able to tie all that stuff out, which should give us some more evidence as to the accuracy of them. We can also have an idea of what the payroll liability should be considering the fact of what the, the normal payroll liability rates would be in order to recalculate and assure ourselves as to whether the accrual at the end of the at the end of the year for payroll and for the payroll liabilities uh, related to taxes 
are going to be accurate. Once the substantive testing has been completed, we can take a look at the substantive testing and the testing related to the internal controls and make a determination as to whether we believe we have enough evidence in order to support the idea that the process is being reported fairly or if, we'd, if we're, our evidence is indicating that the process is not being reported fairly at that point.